you single and waiting for Mr. Right? Are you in a relationship but still not quite sure if he's the one? Are you married and sometimes wondering if you've made the right decision? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this podcast is for you. I am your host, Sharon Tillman, and welcome to the He's Worth the Wait podcast. This podcast is to promote healthy, whole relationships and to educate you on how to produce the very best version of yourself so you can meet the very best version of the one who has been chosen for you. Go with me as I share my story, as I share my journey, as I share my truth and my testimony while inspiring, uplifting, and encouraging you to know that he is worth the wait. Let's talk. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, welcome to another episode of He's Worth the Wait. I am your host, Sharon Tillman. Thank you guys so much for joining. Happy Friday. We're going to jump right in into our topic today. So today we're going to be talking about the importance of having the right people in your life, right? So whenever we're thinking about this particular topic, and I wanted to really talk about this because I've been having a few different discussions on this week. And a few of the discussions from this week have really geared towards this particular topic. So we've been talking about this this week, and we've been talking about the importance of having the right people, what the relationships really look like, like what are signs that you know if this is a person that needs to be a part of your life or if it's a person that doesn't need to be a part of your life. Like there's so many signs, there's so many things. I think about whenever we're younger. And so whenever we're younger, we always think that having a lot of friends is really popular, right? It's like, oh my God, you have a lot of friends, you're super popular, everybody likes you, everybody loves you. But I always say, and I'm sure I've said this in one of my other podcasts before, but I always say that as you grow older and as you really start to mature, you really start to understand that it's really quantity over quality. So it's not about having a bunch of friends. You don't have a lot of friends whenever you're grown and mature because you understand what a real friendship is. You understand the logistics of a real friendship You understand what it really looks like, what it really means, what the benefits are, what the gains are, like you understand on a different level. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend on this week and she said to me, she was like, when I was growing up, 
my mom told me and my sister that as you grow older, you'll be able to count your real friends on just one hand. And I thought that was so powerful because although I never really looked at it like that, the reality is you really can, right? Because we know that real friends, like if you if you look at it from like a tree standpoint, real friends are like those roots at the bottom. And those are, are the ones that you know are like there for you no matter what, through thick and through thin, hard times, bad times, rough times, whatever. Those are the people that you know without doubt, without question, without fail that you can count on. I can count on them. I know that they're going to be here because they're always here. I know that they're going to be here because we've weathered storms together. We've went through things together. Um, I've been there for her. She's been there for me or I've been there for him and she's been, he's been there for me because a lot of people think that you can't have platonic friendships, but you can. And so I'm a firm believer, right? Because I can understand, like, I remember back when I was married and someone had posed this question to me and they asked me how I felt, how I felt or how I would feel if my husband or ex-husband now but my husband at the time, if he had a female friend that he was super close with. And because I'm secure in who I am, I'm like, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Because if you're a best friend of my husband's, I'm going to know you way before he becomes my husband, right? So it's like you can really have those kind of friendships. You can have a friendship of with the opposite sex. You can have friendships with the same sex, people that you know are going to be consistent in your life. So when we're thinking about um, how we always say, the, the old folks used to say, and they still say, it takes a village to raise a child, which means it takes all of us. I know you got your parents, I know you got your grandparents, but it literally takes all of us. Can I just tell you, even as adults, we need a village. So even as adults, we need a village. It took me a long time to come to this conclusion, this understanding, because from the way that I grew up and just not having a lot of people in my life that I could trust, like I can count my my real friends on my hands. But growing up and just not having a lot of people that I can trust, growing up just not having a lot of people that I could really rely on, a lot of people that I could really, you know, like I, I went through a lot of things in my life that really deterred me from being able to trust people. So I didn't understand the importance of a village. I didn't understand the importance of community for a long time in my life, even coming into my adulthood, I did not understand it. And so I would always shy away from it. I would always push away from it. I would always move away from it. I would convince myself that it wasn't necessary for me, that I didn't need it. Sharing your good. You've been rocking with yourself for years. You got this, sis. Like, you got this. You know what you need. You know what you don't need. Like, you're good. You got your friends over here. We don't need, we always say, we don't need no new friends. You good. But the reality is, guys, we need a village. We need people who are going to hold us accountable. We need people in our lives 
who are going to not be our yes men, not be our yes sirs, but they're going to hold us accountable and they're going to know, um, you know, like they'll, they'll be able to see you and they'll be able to see you well enough. They'll be able to know you well enough to know that something's wrong. Something's wrong with Sharon. Something's not right. Let me pull her to the side. Let me talk to her. Let me just pray for her. Let me go into prayer for her. Whatever the case may be, it takes a village. So I really want to elaborate on the importance of a village, the importance of community. Um, I know whenever we think about things like that, we're like, okay, what does that really look like in an adulthood? Because, you know, we're not children anymore. But if you've got a church family, if you've got um, accountable co-workers or, you know, like whatever the case may be, whatever your village looks like, whoever it is that you can go to and that you know that they're going to tell you the truth. Listen, we need people in our life who are going to tell us the truth. I tell my children all the time because it's something about this generation, it's something about this generation who really believe in um, somebody who's always on their side, someone who's always team them, someone who's always like, oh, that's how you feel? Let me justify why you should feel like this. Let, I got your back. Like, nah, you right. They wrong. They did you wrong, whatever. They don't like people who are going to tell them the truth, people who are going to really hold them accountable, people who are really going to be like, hey, listen, no, nah, you could have made a different choice there. N no, no. So I hear what they did. Let's talk about what you did. That's the right people being in your life because they're not going to allow you to go astray. They're not going to allow you to keep walking this path when they know that you're wrong. And they're not going to support you let me take that back because they're always going to support you, but they're not going to support your wrong. When you're wrong, they're going to be able to tell you that you're wrong. You need those people in your life. The importance of having those particular people in your life, it is everything. Listen to me as I tell you this. It is everything for you to have those particular people in your life. It's important because I'm telling you right now, and I know a lot of people may feel differently about this, and a lot of people will be like, oh, no, I don't know about that, or I don't need nobody telling me I'm wrong because when I'm wrong, I know I'm wrong. But the reality is when we're going through a situation or when something feels uncomfortable, when something comes and it causes a spirit of offense in us, it's hard for us to find our own fault in that, okay? And I can be the first to say that if I'm in a situation, I don't always necessarily look at myself first, right? Now, I'm not going to say I don't look at myself, but I ain't going to say I always necessarily look at myself first. I always look at what it was that was done to me to make me feel like that. I don't look at myself like, okay, Sharon, it doesn't even matter what was done to you. Let's talk about how you responded or let's talk about how you reacted. That's not always my first thought. But having the right people in my life, having my village of people, they'll be like, hey, listen, you could have made a different choice. I understand what they did to you, but you're accountable for you. I love you. I support you, but you're accountable for you. I want you to just take a look at that. I want you to look at that from a different angle. 
I want you to think about what you said or think about how you responded or think about how you reacted. I want you to think about that. Those are the right people because they're challenging you in everything that you do to be better, right? So having the right village, having the right community in your life means everything for people to be able to see you. Now, everybody's not going to see you. Everybody's not going to see what's happening to you. Everybody's not going to see what's going on with you. Everybody's not going to be privy to the inside of your life. But the importance of having the right people there. So if you are feeling something, then you can walk over there to them and you can be like, hey, listen, I got something on my heart. I just need you to pray. Listen, because can we just really talk about the right village? They got to be some faith believers. Your village got to be some people who believe in you. Your village got to be some people who want to see you win. Your village got to be some people who genuinely love you. There is no way your village can be people who don't really care about you, who don't really care if you win, who don't really care if you get your life together, because guess what? They're not going to hold you accountable. They're not going to tell you when you're wrong. They're not going to come back to you and be like, hey, listen, Sharon, you could have made a different choice there. And so I, I keep and I'm using myself. I'm using myself as I'm talking about this, but you need people in your life who are able to pull you to the carpet. You need people in your life who are able to pull you to the carpet and be like, hey, sis, you know, I love you, but that ain't right. That's not okay. So that's the village, guys. That's the importance of the village. That's the importance of having those people that you, that community of people. And a lot of times our village can go a little bit further, right? So sometimes just surrounding yourself with the right people means everything. I'm going to tell you right now, if you find yourself in a situation where someone is, I found myself in a situation one time and I'm super transparent. So I always like to talk about me. So I found myself in a situation one time and I remember I wasn't where I needed to be in Christ, right? So I wasn't where I needed to be. I found myself in a situation with a person one time and they were literally draining the life out of me. Like when I say their everything that they were feeling, all of their moods, like they were projecting it on me and I wasn't able to send it back. I was accepting it. I was holding on to it. And it was literally draining the life out of me to the point where I was like, I wasn't feeling like myself. I wasn't feeling like myself. I couldn't understand it. In the beginning, I couldn't understand it. I'm like, I'm just not, ew. I feel kind of blah today, which is, that's not, that's not my norm. And so I'm just, I, but I kept going. And then I realized that the more that I talked to this person and the more that they would kind of just talk about their problems and talk about their things that they had going on and talk about, you know, where they were, that energy that they had it was just being projected and because it was projecting on me and I wasn't protected and I say it wasn't protected because I wasn't where I needed to be necessarily in Christ so I wasn't able to put that blocker there put that barrier there I wasn't able to not accept it because okay being a counselor 
you get people's problems every day. So I'm accustomed to getting people's problems, right? But thank God for Jesus, right? <laughs> but thank God that he has given me the ability to not carry it. I don't carry it anywhere with me. I don't allow people to project on me. I listen and I send back. I, I throw out. It's not for me. That's your situation. That's not my situation. I don't have to carry that. I can pray for you. I can advise you whatever needs to happen in this moment, but I'm not taking it. I'm not taking that from you. I'm not picking up your bed and walking with it because that's not my bed to carry. And so I encourage all of you to do the same. I encourage you because a lot of times if you don't do that, you find yourself weighing down because of other people's problems, what other people have going on, what other people are experiencing, what they're dealing with. You find yourself in that moment, in that space where you're like, okay, I know that he said, and it's simple, like, oh my God, he got a headache. Why my head hurting? Like literally, it just projects because you're not protected. So just be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. But I remember being, talking to this person and once I started to realize, hey, listen, wait a minute, wait one second, uh-uh, something don't feel right, something doesn't, this isn't right, and I realized that I needed to put a stop to this communication, I had to let it go. And, you know, there'll be times and there'll be situations where you may not have to let it go. You might have to just pull back some. You might have to be like, if they want to talk about certain stuff, you might have to be like, hey, listen, um, let me call you right back, baby, because I, I, I can't I can't take that right now. I, don't, I can't I can't accept that right now. I can't hear that right now, whatever the case may be. But with this particular person, I had to cut it off because I was like, there is no way that you're going to be projecting that on me to where it's changing my behavior, it's changing the way that I feel, it's changing my moods, like absolutely not. And so that is why we have to be careful of the people that we surround ourselves with because the wrong people will bring out a different you. The wrong people will bring stuff out of you that you don't necessarily want in you or have in you, but they've projected it onto you. And now because they've projected it, it's just here. So the purpose of community, the purpose of a village is sometimes just surrounding yourself with good people, surrounding yourself with positive people, surrounding yourself with people who think like you, people who are like-minded. Even the Bible says, I don't know exactly what scripture it is, but even the Bible says to be, to surround yourself with like-minded people. You want to be in communion with people who are like-minded, who think like you, because listen, I'm telling you right now, and I learned this from personal experience, it's hard sometimes for you to pull them. They'll draw you more than you'll draw them. I'll say that they'll draw you more than you will draw them. And if you're not strong and if you're not secure in the foundation, they will sway you. So you got to be careful. So the importance of a village is for accountability, but the importance of that village is also for good communion, for having good people that surround you, for having good people in your life, people who think like you 
people who believe like you, people who have like common goals as you. No, you might want to be this and I might want to be that, but ultimately our desire to go, our desire to to win, our desire to see people helped and um I, I remember me and my friend and y'all forgive me, sometimes I feel like I be trying to get so much stuff out, so I be like all over the place. But I remember me and a friend, it, everything goes together though, I promise. So I remember me and a friend, we went to, um, me and my best friend actually, we went to this event. So I got invited to this event from this young lady, and um, so me and my best friend went. We got dressed, went to the event. So, you know, people are just talking and it was kind of something that they wanted us to like invest in or something. And I don't really like to do things like that. So I remember we was at this event and so they're just talking and, you know, they're talking about, you know, oh, we getting money, we getting this, we doing this, we doing that. And, you know, I'm hey, listen, to each his own, whatever works for you. So I remember the young lady came to talk to us at the end and she was like, um, so what do you do? And uh, my best friend was like, well, I'm in, I'm in finance. I'm a you know financial manager. And um, I was like, well, I'm a counselor. I was like, I actually get the opportunity to like work my purpose, which I absolutely love. It's not all that I do, but I get an opportunity to do it. And I absolutely love that because I know this is what I've been called to do. And this lady looked at me like, I was like, how long are you going to do that until they tell you to stop? I said, well, I'm going to do it until he tells me to stop. He being God. So I'm making the point to say we went back and forth. And then she was just like, well, we're doing this. And I said, well, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not the same, sis. Because ultimately, your desire is to make money because it does this and that for you. You're living better. You traveling all over the world, you doing blase, 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 and that's all good. But my purpose is to help others. My purpose is to reach others. So when I say people who have the same common goal, like ultimately I want to reach people. I want to help people. I want to do what God has called me to do. You want to reach people. You want to help people. You want to do what God has called you to do. That's both of us having goals alike because ultimately Pleasing God is the number one desire. Us living a life that brings him glory, us living a life that brings, you know, that pleases him and that allows him to know that we are doing what we're supposed to do according to him. That's what it's all about. That's what we want to do. So you want to have people who think like that. You want to have people who are in communion with you like that. You want to have that type of village in your life because it's important. It's so important. And it's so important for you to disconnect. And this is why I said, you know, it comes with wisdom and maturity. And I have to throw that word wisdom out there because a lot of times we don't use wisdom. I, I can be the first to raise my hand and say, I haven't always used wisdom in friendships and in relationships. And it has always come back to bite me. We've got to use wisdom. I know we we get mature, but wisdom and maturity, they kind of go together, okay? If you ever read um, Proverbs and if you ever read, if you ever really read Proverbs and really break down Proverbs, then Proverbs speaks a lot on wisdom. It talks about wisdom and how 
you need to be wise. And it really gives so many breakdowns in that. And I mean, when I broke that book down for the first time, and I don't read Proverbs, I don't know how many times, but when the Lord instructed me, instructed me to really break that book down, y'all, it was like, oh my God, now I understand. I understand the importance of using wisdom. I understand the importance of using wisdom all the time and how wisdom and maturity, they go hands in hand because wisdom is a sign of maturity. It is a sign of it. So, you know, really just using wisdom in your friendships, using wisdom when it comes to people and not surrounding yourself with people who are are just the opposite of you. And so the point that I was making whenever I even brought that up was as we grow older and we get mature and we get wisdom, we understand that everybody is not for us and we're not for everybody. And you have to be absolutely okay with that. You've got to be okay with the fact that, listen, I learned that. I learned that years ago when the Lord had to literally deliver me from people and the opinions and the thoughts of people, because that thing will have you messed up. If you're so busy worrying about what everybody thinks of you and how everybody feels about you, it will control the narrative of how you move. You can't live like that. You have to be focused on what God says concerning you in spite of what anybody else feels. So getting back to that, when you understand that you're not for everybody, And that everybody is not for you. When you understand that and when you really get to that place of understanding, then you know that it's okay if you don't mesh well with them. Or it's okay if like we have to even be careful of people who do things that we don't do. Because when we involve ourselves with people and they do things that we don't do, we find ourselves doing things that we wouldn't normally do. Whether it be to fit in with them, whether it be just because you're tempted and you're influenced, whatever it is, you got to make sure that you are strong enough to say no. And if you can't be friends, be okay with that. Be okay with not being able to be friends with everybody. Like my son is almost 18. And so my son is a senior this year. Oh my God. Y'all, I'm like really feeling it. Like, so every day I'm getting butterflies in my stomach. Like, oh my God, because every day is like leading up to, and y'all, it's premature, right? So y'all probably like, girl, school ain't even went back yet. No, not yet. But the way these days and months and years be flying by, like it's already mid-July tomorrow. Y'all, Christmas gonna be here in two weeks, okay? So if you got kids, go ahead and get them Christmas list out the way. But (laughs) um, my son will be a senior and my son has already decided what he wants to do with his life. And I'm so grateful, y'all, that he has a plan, you know, because I when I was 18, I don't know if I knew what I wanted to do. I was kind of indecisive about, you know, my major for college and Listen, I was indecisive going into 12th grade about what school I was going to go to. I toured so many schools as a senior. Like, I, I I, didn't know where I wanted to go. He already knows the school that he wants to go to. He already knows exactly what it is he wants to do. And he works towards it even now. So I'm super proud of him. But let me get to the point. So... My son is, he's always been like this good kid, right? I can honestly say that my son was always a good kid. 
He was like a good kid when he was a little boy. Even as he started to get older, he was a good kid. He never got in trouble. He just like, he did what he was supposed to do. Super respectful. He has good manners. Like, I felt like I did good. Okay. Me and his dad, we did good. So as he started to get older though, and he got into the middle school and, you know, he really started to like feel himself a little bit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I guess that's what I should say. But as he started going into high school, like his friend group started to shift. And, you know, he was playing football and he was on varsity. I think Jaden was on varsity in 10th grade. So he was like, and when he was a freshman, he got to um, be on varsity for, so I think it's like at the end of the season, like he was on JV, but he could always be pulled up to varsity. So he had to be at all the varsity games. He got to play in a few. He got to go to playoffs with them. And this is when he was a freshman. So when he became a sophomore, he actually went to the varsity team. So his friend, his friend group shifted and he was like no longer with his comfortable kids, but he was in a different arena and there was a lot more temptation and there was a lot more pressure, you know, peer pressure and all of these things. And he struggled. Like I'm super transparent. So I'll be honest with you guys. My son really struggled. He struggled with the identity portion of who he knew that he was compared to who he felt like he needed to be. And so I say this all the time. Culture is so influential. Kids are like, you know, this generation of kids are like literally watching social media, they're watching watching TV, they're watching all of these things that are being put out, that are being put in their face, that are influencing them, and they're feeling the pressure of being what they're seeing and not even knowing the backstory or the real of what it is. And so he really struggled. And I remember like always having conversations with him because I'm a talker. So I don't just talk to you guys. <laughs> Y'all better ask my kids. Like, <laughs> I mean, when I was growing up, my auntie, and I always go back and tell her this, my auntie told me, she was like, listen, there is a lesson in everything that you go through in life. Like every single moment is a teachable moment. Y'all, I live by that, okay? So every moment is a teachable moment. So any opportunity that I get to teach a lesson, then that you better know what your girl is doing. Your girl is bringing up a lesson. So anytime my son and I would have conversations concerning that, I would always get to bring him back to his identity of who he is and who he was created to be. And, you know, I can remember even tonight, it's so funny, even tonight we were talking and my daughter was like, yeah, because at school they call me the church girl. And Jaden was like, yeah, I was called the church, church boy, you know, basically my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, because they see something in you. And what you don't understand or what you really don't realize is they envy what they see because they don't have it. And so they feel like if they just call you out on it, then it just makes them feel better about themselves. So they don't feel bad about not having it or whatever. But I just remember having conversations with them about identity and really knowing who you are and not 
not feeling swayed to culture, not feeling swayed to the peer pressure or the temptation, but the importance of knowing who you are, not just, not just what I'm saying, but the importance of knowing who you are, what, what God is saying about you. Go to your word, go to the Bible and really find out what it is that God is saying about you so that you don't feel the need to live an expectation of what people feel like you should be versus living in the reality of who you are. And so I remember, you know, and, and thank God he's gotten so much better. And, you know, he came to me at one point and he was like, Ma, I had to stop being friends with such and such. Because, you know, like, I was just like, man, I don't want to do that. Like, man, that's not me or, you know, whatever the case may be. And even at that age, understanding that was big for me because I'm like, as adults, sometimes we struggle with telling people, I don't do that or I'm, I'm good on that. And we struggle with letting people go sometimes when we know that they're not good for us, when we know that they're not good for our lives, when we know that they're not good for where we're going we struggle with like dismissing them and letting them go. But I'm a firm believer that if you pray and be like, God, remove the people who ain't supposed to be here, baby, they're going to fall off. I promise you they're going to fall off. But I'm saying that to say the importance of really being able to say, oh, so we have to be sure that we're not even putting people in our lives who don't, who we know that we... Listen, I don't do that. You don't do this. Whatever the case may be, it's okay. Hey, sis, how you doing? Hey, bruh, how you doing? So good to see you. Take care. We got to learn to be okay with that. Everybody can't be invited into your personal space. Everybody can't be invited into your circle. Listen, everybody is not going to be your cup of tea and you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea and you got to learn to be okay with that. Without question, without doubt, without fail, you got to learn how to be okay with that. So it's so important that even now as adults that we use wisdom and that we use maturity and that we choose right and one thing that I learned is because a lot of times we think, oh, we've been friends for like 35 years. That is my, listen, we, we gotta be friends cause we've been friends forever, but that's not always the case because there are times when you literally just grow out of friendship with people. Like you're taking two separate paths. My path is not leading that way. My path is leading that way. Their path is leading that way. And that is okay. I don't hate you. I don't dislike you. But we're not, we're not going in alignment. And it's important that the relationships in your life all align together. Everything has to be in alignment. And if you've got things that are out of alignment, that is dysfunction. And we don't want to operate there. We don't want to operate in dysfunction and we don't want things to be dysfunctional and things to be all thrown off. So we have to make sure that it makes sense. It's not about the number of years. It's not the fact that we've been friends for 25 years or 35 years. It's about what you are to me in my life. What kind of friend are you? Like understanding the importance of real friendships, real relationships, what kind of friends are you? Like what, how can I depend on you? How can I trust you? How do I know? Have you created a safe space for me? Have you created like us, have, have we created that safe space where there's no boundary there? You know, like, can I, 
rely on you? Can I trust you? Can I depend on you? How, how do I know that you love me? How do I know that you're going to be there for me? Like, listen, when it comes to friendships and relationships, one word that I use, um, that I really had to really decipher through was transactional. And I know you guys are like, wait, what? Transactional. Transactional. Absolutely. Because friendships and relationships nowadays are more transactional than authentic. I don't want any transactional friendships. And when you find yourself in friendships or relationships with people and you only hear from them when you can do something for them or like every time they call you, it's because they need something. They got a question. And they, listen, I love her. I love her. But I got this one girl, literally, who we're not as close anymore. But literally, every single time I would talk to her, it was always, hey, sis, I miss you. Mm-hmm. Listen, I got a question for you. Here we go. I don't want transactional friendships. I don't want transactional relationships because I don't want to always be there for you. But when I need you or when I need someone, you're not one person that I can call. Listen, guys, the importance of having that balance in that relationship to where when I need you, I know you got me and vice versa. I'm not asking you to do anything that I can't reciprocate or give reciprocity to. I don't want you to always ask, answer questions for me and I don't ever have no answers for you. I don't always want you to come and pray for me, but whenever you need prayer, I'm not there for you. Those are transactional relationships and we don't need those. We don't need that. Listen, you don't need those. If it's going to be transactional, Call my office and make an appointment. <laughs> I can't wait till I can say that, y'all. Pray for me because I want my own practice. Y'all pray for me. But um, I'm telling you, like seriously, if that's how it has to be, then we need to, no, absolutely not. And I'm not saying that you can't give people advice. I'm not saying that. Don't misconstrue. I'm not saying that you can't advise people and give them advice. But can I just tell you that you don't have to allow anybody to use you or to drain you of that. Yeah, I'll give you advice. I'll, what you say? Yeah, if I got the answer to the question, absolutely, you can have the answer to the question. It ain't my answer. It, it, I didn't pay for it. I didn't, I didn't create it. it. The answer is probably out there somewhere else too. You just got to look it up or search for it or, you know, ask somebody else or whatever. But you don't have to allow anybody to drain you and to pull. Uh, listen, don't, don't have transactional friendships. Don't have transactional relationships. You need people that you can rely on. You need people who can pray for you. You need people who can go to bat for you. You need people who, listen, sometimes they can just listen. You can cry to them. They can cry to you. Sometimes I don't have to open my mouth to my best friend. I don't have to open my mouth. There are times when she would literally text me and be like, hey, you good? You was on my mind. You good? I feel you. I ain't told her nothing. That's relationship. 
or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Sis, I got this. I need prayer. I got you. We're going to tag team this thing. You can't pray for yourself. I got you. Tag. I'm it. Cause I'm a pray for you. I got that's real relationship because it's beneficial to each other. So when we talk about relationships and y'all know, when I get into relationships, y'all know that's my thing. So I can like go. Okay. <laughs> I can go. But when we're talking about relationships, a lot of times people get into relationships and they're always looking for what they can get. Right. Um, people go into relationships, people go into marriages, believe it or not, people go into marriages about what they can get. Um, I am marrying him or I am marrying her and she's going to do this for me or he's going to do that for me. Like it's always what I can get, what they can do for me. It's a selfish kind of transaction. But the reality is when we get into relationship, when we get into marriages, especially Especially marriages. Oh my God. Can we just talk about you cannot, absolutely cannot be selfish in marriage? Like you cannot be selfish in marriage at all. Listen, listen to me. You can't be selfish in marriage. It's not about you. The marriage don't thrive because you're happy. Happy, um, they used to say happy wife, happy life. Um what was the one for the husband? I can't remember. Or did the husband have one because it was always about the wife? I don't remember. But the reality is that's not that's not true. Because if I'm happy and it's always pulling you down or making you feel less than or making you feel undervalued or unappreciated or you you don't get any reciprocity to my happiness, that is selfish. That is not okay. In relationship, it's all about what we can do for each other. So I always say, and whenever people ask me to come to like bridal showers or whenever I'm speaking at like an engagement or whatever the case may be, whenever I'm in that place, whenever I'm in that situation, I tell them, so this is what it needs to look like. If your goal is to please your husband and his goal is to please you, everybody's always getting their needs met because you're not thinking about you. You're thinking about him and he's not thinking about him. He's thinking about you. So if he's working intentionally, cause it's all about intent. If he's intentionally working to make you happy and that's not to say, and, and you know, it's, it's sad that we have to break things down into context the way that we do nowadays, but we do. So it's not about, you know, Oh my God, buying her Louis bags is going to make her happy. She need red bottoms in order to be happy. She ain't going to be happy if she don't get, oh my God, she likes steak and sushi on Wednesdays. If I don't get that steak and sushi, she ain't going to be happy. No, that ain't what I mean. I mean, intentionally, you are wanting to please her, but not in that way. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. You're wanting to please your husband. You're wanting your husband to know that he is respected and that he is appreciated and he's valued. Um, listen, a lot of times that can go as far as a compliment, honey. I'm going to tell you what I used to tell my ex-husband all the time. I used to tell my ex-husband because, you know, I, I believed in, you know, we, we both going to work. Come on, let's both get in this kitchen and cook sometime. Right? So, you know, I might be tired. I... You cook. So my ex-husband used to always be like, but he don't cook that good. I'd be like, what? 
Listen, I ain't never tasted a spaghetti like your spaghetti. What? Listen, man, what you be putting in that sauce? Like, oh my God, your sauce be everything. And he used to be like, I did put a little something in. I ain't going to tell you what it is. It's a secret. I was like, you ain't, listen, don't tell me because I don't want to, I can't make that spaghetti the way you make that spaghetti. I don't want nobody's spaghetti but yours. Y'all listen, it's not a lie. The food was good, but the reality is I'm making my husband feel good because that's what we do. It don't have to be, I got to go out here and spend X amount of dollars or do this, that, and the third. That ain't what it's about. It's literally, it could literally be, okay, I want him to know that this is what he do. Okay? You can make some spaghetti. He used to make these chicken wings, y'all. And I used to be like, man, I showed him, I got a taste for them wings tonight. He'd be like, man lying you do not want them i'd be like are you crazy boy don't nobody make chicken oh you, you got your own special seasonings and rubs and stuff man don't nobody make them. man i love man but i love them chicken wings i clap i love them chicken wings. <laughs> and guys i know you're probably laughing and the reality is it can be funny but this is marriage like, listen, we are doing whatever it takes to make each other happy because our happiness is not the only happiness that matters. Okay, so that's the point that I'm making. So, because I'll get carried away. But I want you guys to know that it's not a transactional thing. It's not a selfish thing. So we can't get into relationships. We can't get into relationships and friendships thinking, I just want what I want. Okay, I what can I get out of this friendship? What can I get out of this relationship? No, what can I give? What do I have to offer the friendship? What do I have to offer the relationship? Because that's what it's all about. It's not just about what I can get. It's not just about what I can give. It um what I can get out of the relationship. It's about what can I give? What can I give? How can I contribute? How can I contribute to this relationship? How can I contribute to this friendship? How can I make sure that I'm doing my part? Like, listen, literally, guys, it is so like the right people in your life can make or break your life. I need you guys to understand this. It's so much intent and there's so much passion in this episode tonight because I need you guys to understand this for real. I need you to understand that the wrong people in your life can be detrimental to your life. Literally, it can be detrimental to your life. The wrong people can be detrimental. You don't want to put yourself in those kind of situations. You don't want to do that to yourself. You don't want to do that. So it's so important for you to make sure that you evaluate. Evaluate the situations. Evaluate your relationships. Evaluate your friendships. I don't care how old you are. It's never too late. It's never too late. You got to make sure that the people in your life are positive. The people in your life are bringing positivity and not negativity. Like even people, and like sometimes guys, people don't mean to be the way that they are, right? And I know y'all probably like, what does that even mean? Like sometimes people don't mean to be the way they are. Like some people like generally just talk negative all the time. Then I don't even know if they realize that they do it. 
but they do it. And like before you know it, like <laughs> what the weather like today? You know what the weather gonna be like today? Girl, it's gonna rain. I'm telling you all this rain out here just and then next thing you know, it's just boom. What you think about church yesterday? Girl, did you see sister da 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 da? Oh no, I think Bishop da 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 and I tell you, sister da 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 and I don't even like I said, I don't know if they mean to, but sometimes People are just negative people. Their thinking is negative. So you got to be careful not to surround yourself with that. Or if you're going to if you're going to be in communion with negative people, you got to always be ready to combat that negativity. Like always. So you have to really be intentional about friendships. You got to really be intentional about relationships in your life. And listen, when it comes to letting people go, be okay with that. Be okay with letting people go if you know that they're not for you. And I know that some, for some people it's hard. And I've even heard people say, well, you can forgive them. You ain't got to cut them off. Just don't hang out with them. Listen, I'm going to forgive you. But if I know that there is absolutely no benefit that you can bring to my life, what is the purpose of keeping you around? I don't have to be rude to you. Absolutely not. Hey, girl, how you doing? I'm never going to be rude to you. I mean, never going to be rude. But I don't have to keep you a part of my life. We've got to learn, and I, I and I hear this a lot, and I feel like this is why people struggle so much with forgiveness. And I think I talked about this. I think, okay, y'all, I'll be forgetting because I'll be recording so many podcasts. So I don't know if I put forgiveness out, um, unforgiveness out, or if I just recorded it and it's waiting to be put out. But sometimes I'm, I'm ahead of myself. But... That's why people struggle so much with unforgiveness because they don't really understand the art of it. They don't understand the art of you You can forgive somebody, but you ain't got to invite them into your space. You can forgive people and you don't have to do life with them. Listen, I don't have anything in my heart against you. I absolutely love you. I bid you all Godspeed. I want the absolute best for you. I want you to eat but not at my table. Mm-mm, mm, we can't eat together. But I, I don't want you to starve. Like, listen, we have to be okay with thing, with relationships that don't work. We got to be okay with relationships that are not a part of our destiny, that are not a part of our journey. I always say, um, and I'm going to get ready to wrap this up, but I always say, we have to know the difference of people who are connected to us and people who are attached because attached people are like leechers. People who are attached are like leechers. They are always holding on to you, but they're not adding any benefit to your life. And guess what? They can't go where you're going. So you got to be careful that they're not holding you back or hindering you from getting to the place in God that you need to be getting to the place in God where you really need to elevate to. You have to be very careful, but people who are connected to you, those are people who are meant to do life with you. Those are people who are going to understand you and you them. You're going to be, and listen, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be perfect. Even friendships and relationships are not always going to be perfect. Listen, you're going to have disagreements. That's normal. You're going to have disagreements. I, I have a, my, my best friend, 
and I had something happened in our relationship in, oh my God, we've been friends for like 25, 30 years. Out of 25, 30 years, we've had plenty of arguments, plenty of disagreements. We had a situation here about two or three years ago that literally almost ended our friendship forever. So I'm saying that to say, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be peaches and creams and it's going to be all roses and oh my God, I just see sunflowers and daisies. Absolutely not. It's still relationship. It's still coming together with people. But when you understand the importance of having the right people and when you know you've got the right people in your life, those are people that you choose to do life with. So no matter what happens, no matter what we go through, no matter what we experience, we're choosing to do life together. We are very intentional about this relationship. So we got to figure it out. And like literally, that was what happened my, with my best friend. Like we literally, she was on board a lot faster than me, y'all. Okay, because one thing that I can absolutely admit about me is I'm a little bit stubborn sometimes. I don't forgive quick. And listen, I struggled with forgiveness, okay? So now that the Lord has gotten me to the place where I can forgive, now we got, you know, we, we working on the time frame of that forgiveness because it don't happen overnight. I don't forgive quick, right? So it, it wasn't a quick thing. I needed time. But because the intent was there and because we know the relationship, we've been through everything together. I mean, literally, there is absolutely nothing that her and I have not been together. I can, I can, I've cried on her shoulder. She's cried on mine. I've seen her through some of the darkest times of her life. And she has literally seen me through some of the darkest times of mine. Those are relationships and friendships that are worth fighting for. Those are people in your life that are worth fighting for. So you got to know the difference. You got to know the difference in the people who are worth fighting for. You got to know the, the importance of having the right people in your life. And the right people are absolutely worth fighting for. The right people are worth going to bat for. The right people are worth the intent that comes along. Come on, guys. We need a village. We're not children. We're adults. Children are not the only ones that need a village. Adults need a village. We need a village understanding the importance of having the right people, the real relationships, non-transactional, but real, authentic, genuine relationships, heartfelt relationships, like the real deal. It's important. Come on, guys. We got to do this. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope that you get something out of it. I hope that it reaches the people or the persons that it needs to reach. And listen, I hope it helps you to stop and think and really evaluate the friendships in your life and to really make sure that even you know and that you understand I've got real relationship. I've got the right people in my life. I've got my village. Listen, I am Sharon Tillman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. 
Have an amazing night. I love you guys for real.